The 5AA player lets you stream 5AA on your phone wherever you are. 5AA Mornings with Matthew Pantelis. Let's talk about our state. This is what we do Monday mornings around this time, 25 to 12. And uh, joining me in the studio from the Interpreting Translating, Interpretation Interpreting Translating Centre, Olga Leporita, sent me straight there, Olga. Uh, ITC? ITC is Interpreting and Translating Centre. And Translating. Radio. And Teo Spiniello who is here. You're a translator, Teo. Uh, inter- a translator and an interpreter, yes, and thank you. Is there a difference? There is a difference, yes. What is it? Uh, one is face-to-face and physical. Translating is all about documentation. All right, all right. Let's 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 talk about all of that as we go through. So the Interpreting and Translating Centre, Olga, what is the ITC? What do you do? So ITC is a business unit within the Department of Human Ser- Services and we've been operating for about 48 years since 1975. We're the second oldest government language service in Australia. So we have about 350 interpreters and translators and we cover over 100 languages and dialects. Okay. So we also offer 60 um, languages for translation. And um, so, in other words, if you need a passport or a birth certificate um, translated, so our translators can do that. Also, if we um, if we do face-to-face discussions, meetings and presentations and voiceovers for conferences as well, we also have the Aboriginal Language Interpreting Service, which is, we call the ALIS, mm. which that falls under ITC as well. That's been running for just over two years now. That's going strong with about six um, Aboriginal languages. Um no, inter- no translations at the moment for that, but just interpreting. Okay. Yeah. So that's interesting in itself. So the Ghana language would obviously be one, but there are five others. Absolutely. And, and they're all uh, endemic to South Australia? Yes, that's right. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. So different parts of the state, obviously. That's right. As to where people yeah. are from. How, how interesting. Yeah. Tayo, uh, in terms of uh, being a contracted interpreter and translator, mm-hmm. how often do you get called on? Uh, quite often. Yeah. Um, as a contractor, we're available 24 hours a day, or for those of us who wish to be, available 24 hours a day, and uh, including weekends. So um, in relation to being uh, 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 allocated work and so forth, the office through ITC will actually contact the interpreter, offer them a job at hospital, law courts, wherever the case may be, and uh, according to one's diary, you accept or not accept or whatever the case may be. So... Keeps me quite busy, yeah. in my language at least, anyway. Italian, I imagine, with yeah, your that, background correct, yes. name. Yeah. Yes, so Italian, that's correct. Aren't you glad? Were you born here? I was born here, yes. Aren't you glad I'll, your parents sent you to Italian school, or whatever the uh, equivalent yes, was back yes, in the day? Uh, yes, very much so. <laughs> I, yes, I used to study not only at uh, secondary school and primary school, right. and, but also went to Italian school and continued on to uni and so forth and yeah. such. I know all about Greek school back in the day, let me tell you. Anyway, um, uh, Olga, one would assume all Australians speak at least some form of English. Why do people typically need an interpreter or a translator? So of all, of all Australians, there's about 3.4% of the population that speak not well English or not at all. Mm. So for that cohort, um, we help them... Um, with the interpretation to enable them to access government services, to see a doctor, um, a lawyer. Um, most often interpreting services are needed in situations where life-threatening, um, life-altering decisions can be made. Um, also, we assisted ITC-assisted ITC to meet the refugee arrivals from Afghanistan in Adelaide back in the, um, 2021. Um, I can also talk about a personal experience I've had um, Two years ago, my father was unwell with cancer in the Ra. Um, the doctors had to speak to him about um, his diagnosis. And even though he's got three daughters, 
it wasn't a very pleasant diagnosis and uh, they brought in an interpreter and she had so much compassion and conveyed the message really clearly, which helped um, the ease of the family and himself, um, which was he was terminal at the time, even though, the, you know, the news was very devastating, um, but for my dad and family, but seeing the interpreter in action in my personal situation really made me feel appreciate um, how much um, they're needed in the community, as well as how difficult um, and rewarding the jobs are for interpreters. I'm sure Teo can relate to that. Yeah. So Teo, that sort of situation, that must be incredibly difficult. I mean, you're there to Tell, to, to give someone that terrible news. Uh, very true, Matthew. Um, it is uh, it is quite a, a, an awkward situation. It comes with experience. You obviously, when you first uh, encounter it, it's 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 quite devastating. And yeah. you sort of you know, and the the department obviously has services for us. You know, if we need to sort of speak to counsellors and so forth after such a situation. Um, as time goes on, you need you find certain strategies to to deal with certain things. But obviously, being compassionate human yeah. person is a very important part of uh, uh, dealing with uh, people in certain situations and uh, medical situation is one uh, another one which I'm very com- um, that I spend a lot of time is is in the law the law uh, courts right. and the, the law system so a bit of compassion needed there as well sometimes yeah yeah so compassion obviously uh, a key to it but generally what kind of person is suited uh, generally, uh, obviously, uh, very much a, a, a person who's good with human whom human interaction, yeah. um, ability to sort of uh, be very, um, let's say, um, not get too involved or not get yeah. involved specifically. We need to understand that an interpreter specifically is there as a medium, as a yes. language medium, not a person who people think you can ask advice of yeah, in a situation yeah. or uh, a lot, you know, that does occur, unfortunately. Yeah, but, and, yeah, and it would, given the European connection particularly, wouldn't it, because you've got somebody, and I understand, or you, you both would understand that link, you look at the interpreter as the person who's there to help you as opposed to be the person who's just there to communicate. That's exactly right, that's mm. exactly right, and, and very often that will happen, they'll say, mm. oh, what do you think, what should I do, should I have this procedure, should not have it, yeah. uh, should I go with what the lawyer says or not, yeah. so... Very often we're there sort of, and, and we do have a, a, a very s- a distinct code of ethics that interpreters and translators need to adhere to mm. uh, on a national basis. So uh, that's something that we always need to keep um, uh, aware of. Yeah, yeah indeed. Uh, Olga, what languages do you get the most requests for interpreting and translating? So for interpreting, the most um, requested languages would be Vietnamese, Arabic, Dari, um, Hazaragi, Greek, Khmer, Italian. That's where Teo comes in. Yeah. Uh, for translations, it would be languages like Chinese, Arabic, Vietnamese, Italian, Spanish, Greek, Persian, even French. Mm. Okay. And the reason you're both in, by the way, is to encourage people with dual language to, to come forward and, and work as interpreters. Um, Teo, why can't somebody just ask a family member or a, a neighbour to accompany them to, say, a doctor's appointment, family lawyer, whatever the case may be? They mer- they most certainly can. There's yeah. no problem in them actually attending. The issue then arises, obviously, when there's a, well, obviously communication between the professional uh, and the client, and uh, usually, and in various settings, usually for purposes to do with obviously uh, liability insurance purposes, and obviously to make sure that that, that professional is aware that the the, the non English speaking person has actually understood perfectly what's right. being said, even though the the, the neighbour or the family member may speak the, the same language and so yeah. forth but uh, getting across things like medical terms and legal terms and 
which can be quite specific, especially when you're giving consent to procedures or operations or, you know, quite like, you know, life-threatening type situations. That's where obviously the hospital in itself mm. needs to, you know, uh, mm. cover its bases and make sure everything's as it should be and be transparent. Um, but there's nothing stopping parent or, uh, sorry, the, 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 the child or the neighbour or whoever to be there as a support person. Yeah. And, and, and very often uh, it does actually assist also um, to help doctors in, in a scenario where uh, the patient may have forgotten the name of certain you know, medications that they take, you know, the, you know, that kind of stuff. So yeah. um, there, there are you know, legal legal things that uh, you know, need to be looked at and obviously um, the various areas that we work in and Olga could obviously add more to this as well, but yeah. uh, most definitely that's the reason. So for, for people going to the doctor, for instance, and they need an interpreter. So they can just book one through you. Is that how it works? You're not just there to supply for government services. No, for private as well, absolutely. Yeah, yeah interesting. Yeah. How busy does the interpreting and translating centre get, Olga? Are there times, days, months where you get more bookings than others? Yeah, sure. So for a year we do about 60,000 bookings, so that's quite a bit. Mm. So um, our interpreters are the busiest on Wednesdays with an average of about 270 requests per day. Yeah, okay. Mm. Does it cost people to book an interpreter? Is there? A, does it come with a charge? It, um, t- yes, it does. So it's per hour. Right. Okay. All right. Um, Teo, what's the difference? I've asked you this already, the translator mm-hmm. and interpreter. So, you, yes. yeah, you've explained that. Yeah, as I said earlier, yes, yeah. the, the face-to-face is the interpreting. Yeah. Um, and the translating is clearly the document stuff, the, the, the written word, basically. Yeah. What do you get more of? Um, probably more... Uh, Probably an equal balance, to be honest with you. I mean, I, I, I enjoy translating as well. So I do a lot of translating through um, um, ITC, the Interpreting Translating Centre, uh, but I also do things privately as well. Right. Um, obviously, um, um, we may touch on it later, but uh, being an interpreter, one needs to have a certain accreditation and right. be certified by a, a national body, which really? is NATI. Yeah. Uh, so there's an actual national list where all interpreters and so forth are, are listed if they're accredited interpreters, and, and the public can access that system, yeah. and you can actually pick an a translator or interpreter that you may or may not know. So I get a lot, you know, a lot of translating work through that for private clients as well. Yeah. So, and it's very varied. Um, you know, do you, are you still challenged by it, especially the the translating? I suppose do you reach for the Italian English dictionary yes, a well, lot. No, yeah. Well, I actually still have all my <laughs> hard copy. Right. I'm still old school paper. <laughs> yeah, 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 Dictionaries and, I, and and they come in various areas. You know, so yeah. you have the specific medical one, the specific one right. for law, uh, and so forth and such. Obviously, oh. all of that is now done online. Clearly, yeah, yeah, we yeah. work with the times. And there's also translating software that, uh, right. that we also use. Yeah. And just for the listeners, it's not translating software like, uh, you know, you put in yeah. three words and it comes out in another language. Yeah. That, that's, that's not the software that I use. Right. There's actually software where it actually, it's a, an editing software. You can actually put in common phrases and words and things that come up in that translation. So rather than you typing the same word, 500 times it sort of auto predicts as you go right so things of that nature so yeah. but there's a bit of editing done as well but um uh, no I, I still stick to my um, my original uh, big dictionaries <laughs> i've hauled many of those back from italy on over many years so it's, it's always a learning thing because yeah. language evolves yeah. so in italian for example i think the same would be in, in other languages yeah. a lot of English words creep into the yes. language and become, in my instance, Italianized, yeah, yeah. Um, especially within the IT industry and uh, a lot of the more modern service sectors. But yeah. yes, so you've got to keep up with that. Yeah, indeed. And that's, that's quite interesting. So it's quite a professional thing most, then. Most yeah. definitely professional, very yeah. much so. And this is your full-time job. Yes, it is. Yes, I came back to this after about 20 years elsewhere doing other things, yeah. still using my language skills right. throughout my career. And 
been back about 10 years now. Okay. So. Mm-hmm. Wow. How about that? Bit of an old school. Yeah. Though. Olga, the, the ITC currently on a recruitment drive to find more interpreters and translators. So are there any particular languages that you, you really need a, a great need within the community? You mentioned quite a lot before, but yeah. are there any that stand out that it's desperately So the ones need? that we're most pressing at the yeah. moment would be uh, Greek, Italian, Khmer, uh, Nepali and Spanish. Oh, what's that? Oh, like a different form of Spanish, clearly. Old-fashioned Spanish. <laughs> so what it is? Um, yeah, so... Um, There's not to go and see the movie. <laughs> no, absolutely not. No, no, no. Yeah. Okay. Oh, were you referring to Nepali? Nepali. Yes, 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 yes. Not Napoleon. Oh, not Napoleon. Oh, not Napo- yeah, Nepali, Nepali and Nepali. Spanish. Right. Yeah. Okay. Oh, I see. Right. So there's... Okay. You need, you need an interpreter. Mate. Yeah, I do. I do. Sorry, I heard Napoleon. <laughs> but I'm thinking of Joaquin probably. Nepali. That's um, right. So, why those languages in particular? So, these aren't specifically our top five languages, mm. but um, they're the ones that um, we can't service due to availability. So, ITC couldn't fill them due to either clashing of schedules or lack of available interpreters. For example, um, at any point in time, we may have about 17 requests for Greek language, right. and we've only got 11 interpreters. I see. So it's those languages yeah. that we need more interpreters. Okay. So I suppose you think then on population size as well to a degree. That's right. Yeah. Um, Taya, what do you like most about the job? What got you back? Um, I got, uh, I came back, going back to, I, I graduated from university for this in my specialised degree about 35 years ago. So I came back because it's something that I always enjoyed doing. And it's, I'm very much a people person. I like uh, helping and assisting. Um, and I enjoy both medical and um, and the legal setting as well. So it's a sort of a bit of a win-win, and it's very different. So every yeah. day, every client, every situation is always different from two hours beforehand. Yeah. So it keeps, keeps you uh, on your toes. Is medical and legal, uh, they're obviously the main two. Do you, what, are, what are other areas? The one, well, there are many, many other areas. Yeah. I mean, I, I do things in uh, uh, welfare is another one. Okay. Uh, business and commerce is quite yeah. a popular one. As well, um, IT is also another area as well. Mm. Um, I've I've also done a, f- a bit over the years in conference interpreting. So right, the, you know, I wear the he- the earphones in a yeah. close in a booth in a yeah. dark quarter, and you listen to something in one like the UN. <laughs> that's exactly what it is. So that that's really challenging and something that I do enjoy. Have done on several occasions here Gee, in Adelaide as well. That must be pressure, really, because you've got to keep up and and think of the words quickly, and uh, which you get used to, obviously, mm. over time, like anything. But mm. the pressure of in that situation, yeah, no, well, keeping and, up. And in that situation, there's always two of us in a booth. Yeah, right. So, and then we work on about 15 to 20 minute stints. Yeah. Because uh, you can't tap on the window and no. go, slow down. <laughs> no, hence why you have your, yeah. uh, your, your, uh, your support next to you who yeah. uh, can jump in at any time. Right. Uh, but the, the key to all, that, all of that is to not think of what you're doing. Yeah. So you just, whatever comes in one ear comes out your mouth in another yeah, right. language. But yeah. don't stop and think about it because you will... Stuff yourself up. <laughs> Do you get people turning around to look at you because Always. they don't understand what you're <laughs> Always. All trying to work out who's saying it, where it's yeah. coming from. Yeah, right. Yes. Okay. How interesting. So, Matthew, yes. our top three clients for ITC mm. is health, um, courts, and right. SAPOL. Okay. We also have child protection, housing, but they're our main um, yeah. government um, clients. Yeah. But we also do private. All right. Um, where do people go if they're interested in becoming interpreters or translators? So, as Teo explained, mm. to be a, to become a qualified interpreter, you need to meet the NATI certification. So, NATI is the National Standards and Certifying Authority for Translators and Interpreters. But before you do that, you need to go through and undertake formal training through TAFE. Okay. So, it's a 12-week course called the Interpreting Skills for NATI Certification, which you can find on the um, www. Uh, 
edu.au website. Mm-hmm. Um, so this course meets the minimum requ- requisites um, set by the NATI for the Certified Provisional Interpreter Test. So it's designed to prepare candidates for the NATI test. So this uh, ta- uh, TAFE formal training is normally about just over $1,600, but if you're an Australian citizen, it's subsidised by the government and it's only $575. So once you do that, or if you've got any questions, you can um, absolutely call our um, hotline, which yeah. is one eight hundred two eight zero two zero three. That's the ITC hotline, or you can go onto our website, which is translate.sa.gov.au. Um, and you can get information there. Okay, eighteen hundred two eight zero two zero three. Was That's that right? right? Beautiful. Uh, or check out the website too. Uh, so, oh, Taya, you love your job clearly. I'm, I'm certainly getting that. So, your advice then to somebody who uh, may want to do this has grown up, doesn't has has um, done some lessons, but can taking myself. My Greek is nowhere near good enough to be sure. up. Uh, a qualified interpreter. Same. But I can get by, <laughs> right? So what would you say to somebody in that situation? Uh, you'd, you'd obviously need the qualifications. The qualifications are essential, mm. uh, are essential mm. to be able to work at, at a certain level. Yeah. Um, there are obviously uh, uh, instances where um, the provisionally certified um, uh, interpreters are used, yeah. uh, but that happens, you know, obviously only in essential situations when there is no other alternative. Mm. But... Mm. Um, what I would say is go out there. You have, you need to commit to it. You need yeah. to really, uh, and if you are already bilingual and you've grown up, even if you haven't grown up in a, a non-English speaking background, uh, uh, home, it's, it's, it's relevant that we have, um, some very good, um, interpreters uh, that I'm aware of who are not from the, uh, air, the language area from the, that, that they speak. So it's wonderful. But mm. to go out there, study, and it, a lot of this is very much practice. Uh, un- understanding certain areas because you get tested in real life situations yeah. when you do, you know, you, you do the the TAFE, TAFE uh, course and so forth. But then you need the experience uh, on on the ground, and and you're actually put in those situations, and, should, it, and it can be quite daunting. Sometimes. Should you immerse yourself overseas? Go to the country. That's a wonderful. I'm I'm a true believer in, in immersion as yeah. learning a language, mm-hmm. and yes, it's either sink or swim. But it's a great, especially if you have a, a base on which to to work yes. on. Uh, most definitely, most definitely. How interesting. So. Teo, thank you for coming in. Teo Spiniello, contracted uh, interpreter and translator for the Interpreting and Translation Centre as part of the Department of Human Services and uh, Director of Concessions and Support Services, Olga Laparidis. Thank you so much for coming in, both of you, and, uh, and talking about it. Again, if you think you can help out, if you want to be an interpreter, 1800 280 203. And uh, that's the starting point. Thank you both. Thanks thank- for having us, Matthew. Thank you, Matthew.